analytics, really at the end of the day, um, it, it comes to qualified leads. So the only thing you should be tracking are uh, as your, your main KPIs are uh, phone calls, emails and form submit, certainly in this particular uh, industry and vertical. Right. Um, there are other analytics that are quite valuable as well, but I, I guess that's the top tier. The second tier would be engagement on, on content. So if you've got uh, valuable content that your end user might wish to download, that could be a white paper, could be an ebook, um, could be a piece of content that you've prepared that would be seen of value to the end user. Tracking that is important uh, because it'll give you insight to uh, how many people are engaging with that content and should you produce more of it um, and, and use that as a, a indication of engagement with your, your brand. You're listening to the REI Branded Podcast. It's for you, the busy real estate investor who wants to stand out from the crowd and attract the right leads, right partners, and right clients every time. My name's Paul Copcut, and each week we'll be looking to decode and uncover what makes a real estate investor brandtastic and how you can apply it to your real estate investing business. Each episode is intended to be valuable, cut to the chase, and actionable so you can begin to implement quickly and easily to get the results you want in your business. Thank you for listening. Now let's get to work on making you brandtastic. Okay, so welcome to this week's episode of REI Branded. And with me today is Michael Heldmeyer of Clear Digital Marketing. Welcome, Michael. Thanks for having me, Paul. You're welcome. Uh, so, Michael, uh, I'm just going to give you a quick little background on, on Michael's company. Clear Digital is an internet marketing company specializing in SEO services and SEO consulting, pay-per-click management, and digital analytics. And uh, maybe that's a pl- place to start off, Michael. Maybe tell us a little bit about you know, what is digital analytics and, and also you know, why should we even be thinking about it? Yeah, yeah, thanks. Uh, so I guess maybe start a little bit more on the my background, just to maybe, you know, why I might be an authoritative voice to <laughs> okay, everyone perfect. today. So I've been in, in digital uh, my entire professional career, which is uh, rounding out to 19 years now. Um, and I, I guess I've gone through uh, a number of different agencies and I've worked with um, national and international brands uh, all the way through to startups. And I think what I've learned there is that with with analytics, there's so much data that is available for everyone. Um, But the big challenge uh, is I don't think it's a data shortage, it's an insights shortage. Because um, the the challenge is there's so many uh, different metrics that we can look at. And oftentimes it's, you know, which one should we look at first and foremost? And what I come across more often than not is uh, a lack of understanding, which is understandable because, you know, it's it's a it's a big, vast, complicated space. So when it comes to analytics, really, at the end of the day, um, it, it comes to qualified leads. So the only thing you should be tracking are uh, as your your main KPIs are uh, phone calls, emails and form submits, certainly in this particular uh, industry and vertical. Right. Um, there are other analytics that are quite valuable as well, but I, I guess that's the top tier. The second tier would be engagement on on content. So if you've got uh, valuable content that your end user might wish to download, that could be a white paper, could be an ebook, 
um, could be a piece of content that you've prepared that would be seen of value to the end user. Tracking that is important uh, because it'll give you insight to uh, how many people are engaging with that content and should you produce more of it um, and and use that as a, a indication of engagement with your, your brand. Okay. So why is this important? What's What are the critical things that a real estate investor should be thinking about? Yeah, um, I think when it comes to your brand and when it comes to, to marketing, you, you need to understand who's coming to your, your website or to your, your brand presence, whether that's on, on Facebook, your Google My Business listing, or, or like I said, your website. And, and more often than not, uh, there is, you know, the, the, your, your leads that you would expect to see. Um, and then uh, oftentimes there are gold nuggets in the data that you might actually be able to, to leverage so that you can take that, what I refer to as taking it back up funnel, right? So with your digital activities, understanding who is converting, when they're converting, time of day, day of week, you know, uh, demographic information, you can use that to then take that up funnel and use that in search marketing, social marketing, and, and so forth. So that's why I like to understand the, the analytics and the data first. And then whenever you can leverage your internal CRM system and then leverage that in terms of actually who you want to attract. That's a that's an interesting um, side question. So CRM, I I wonder how many people actually have even a CRM, and is that in a critical part of what they should be considering when they're looking at digital marketing? And I think it's just part of the you know if if you're if you're committed to growing your business and becoming more sophisticated along the way, it doesn't have to be overly expensive. There's all kinds of CRM systems in there. If you don't necessarily have the volume of prospects or the volume of, of contacts, then you know you could argue there's, there may not be as much value. Um, but having said that, I, I do think that you do need some kind of system uh, and it can be cheap and cheerful. You know, HubSpot as an example, just to, to give, give one. Uh, HubSpot has a, a free CRM system. Um, of course, they use it as a freemium model to get you onto the HubSpot system. But uh, you know, if you're okay with managing those inquiries every once in a while, that's a really a really good one. Um, and it, you know, whatever the system is that works for you. But having a, a close tab on who you have from a record standpoint, I do feel is is critically important um, because then again, understanding you know what types of leads qualifying those leads and understanding how you how you got them um is is critical is and is that because if you're not doing that then you're potentially throwing money in the wrong direction or yeah i'll give you a perfect example so if say we have 100 records um records here being um you know uh, prospects and you can um put some appending data against them you know if you've got uh, postal code data, if you've got, you know, any kind of demographic data, it depends on how you've acquired this information. Some you may have and understand, some you may not. Um, if, if, as an example, the, the records you have, you don't have any, any of this information, that's where Google Analytics and, and Facebook can really help you understand who is attracted to your brand and your offering. So you can then go back and say, well, I want to um, go target certain types of people online. And you may be aware of this, your audience may be, they may not be, but you can actually target uh, based on household income, right? So if there's certain types of household incomes you wanna uh, reach, you can do that. Um, and you can set positive or negative adjustments in your campaigns 
to to have your ads uh, be more likely seen and served to those types of individuals. If if that's an important factor, which I imagine it may not be the the end all, but something certainly worth considering. Right. And so when you're looking at campaigns like like Facebook, for example, um, I heard somebody say once that the Facebook boost is is basically just a donate button to Facebook. Yeah. And really, you should be focusing on campaigns. Is that is that a correct or is that a? Yeah, I, th- I think there's some truth to that. Um, I think uh, you know I've had some success in, in Facebook over my career, and in some instances, it's it's not as successful. I like to uh, think of you know the the entire digital ecosystem, um, and I, I usually take a look at a, a couple things. And what I really like to start with is an intent, an intention based, uh, purpose based marketing. So Facebook is very busy. It's a very active space. I know a lot of people had have had success there. Um, I like to maybe suggest looking and considering at at Google as a starting point. Um, and I'll come back to mm-hmm. Facebook in a minute. Okay. So a couple of things on on Google, and you know this from your own uh, behaviors, is that when you are Googling something, you're looking for information. You're actively seeking something out, and uh, it could be a service provider. It could be a product. Uh, or it could just be information, but you're at you're an active participant. Whereas on on Facebook, yes, you can search on Facebook, but more often than not, you're engaging with content that the algorithm is positioned based on what you've identified, self-identified uh, with Facebook. You know, interests, groups, memberships, association, friends, etc. Um, whereas in Google. Um, you're presented with information that Google is deeming based on that particular search query is the most valuable information. And that may be an ad, maybe a website, maybe something else. Right. When it comes to Google, there's there are kind of three different ways you can win, three ways you can win on, on search, so to speak. The first one is um, a Google ad, right? So that's the, 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 if you wanted to attract qualified leads overnight as quickly as possible, Mm-hmm. It's a search ad where you'd want to start. Um, there is the argument that some people won't click on an ad because they know they're being advertised to, and that's a fair argument. About 15 to 20 percent of the clicks that happen on the first page of Google do, in fact, go to the ads. That does mean that the other, you know, 80 to 85 percent go to the organic listings. Um, but what happens when somebody clicks on an ad? You get all kinds of rich uh, data from Google to understand who they are. So the again, the demographic information, you get to understand the actual keyword they they chose to to use that that triggered that that click. On the organic side, Google hides that because of course Google wants that that revenue. So you can win on Google with an ad. Um, I always talk about Google My Business, which is the the most often overlooked uh, piece of real estate on Google. Um, many people either a are aware of it. Certainly, if you're in real estate investing, um, there's two ways you can go about doing it. One is where if you have a bricks and mortar office, uh, you can certainly claim optimize a Google My Business listing. Um, many people don't know or aren't aware. You can actually do this for service-based businesses as well, where you don't have to physically show your address. You can actually claim a Google My Business listing optimize it for for it to appear in a local market, but it can be out of the comfort of your own home, to be honest. And I often talk about Google My Business being the new homepage. So if you think about where things uh, appear on a search engine results page, it's ads first, 
if there's local intent, it's Google My Business second, and then comes your website. So I see a lot of businesses put time, energy, and effort into website SEO. And I'm the first person that would say, um, by all means, that that makes a lot of sense. Um, but just be aware, it is actually the third uh, item that somebody may actually see when they engage on Google. It would be your website. So ads first, Google My Business, your new homepage, and then and then your actual website homepage. Wow, that's a that's a great nugget. I did not. I've always kind of ignored Google My Business because I've always thought, well, I'm not necessarily looking for local business, so therefore I'm not. Um, it's not yeah, important. And, and what's nice about Google My Business, and I, I do this with my own business, so Clear Digital, I do it with with my wife's business, um, and and she has a business that that drop ships across Canada, where you can still establish a local presence, and local can can mean not necessarily you know within a certain um, geographic driving distance. But you can have, and Google has, this is a, another little tidbit, is Google says from a service area standpoint, as long as you're within a two-hour driving range, uh, Google will really consider your service areas. So it's something where, as an example, if you're a real estate investor in Niagara Falls, you wouldn't necessarily be able to say, I service the, the Calgary area. You could certainly put that in there. Google doesn't restrict it, but the likelihood of you ever appearing in a local search in Calgary for your Google My Business properties is slim to none. But anything within a, a two hour driving uh, area within Niagara Falls, Google will pay attention to that. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. And and you, you touched on um, organic search. How important uh, do people need to be thinking about <coughs> SEO for you know organic appearances? Yeah, it's it's critically important. Again, I'd mentioned it's kind of the third thing that people come across. But I also talk about um, if you use the analogy of fishing lures or um, or or doors or ways to kind of get into a, a home. You've got your front door, you've got you know a back door, you've got a side door, um, and it's not about being disingenuous. But more often than not, you can actually have different pages appear in a Google search um, results that's not your homepage. Um, one of the the strategies and tactics I employ, thinking about local markets as well. Certainly, if you're in the real estate investment uh, side of things, you can talk about how you service an area and actually be rewarded with local service area pages on your website. So this now is a little bit different than what I just said with Google My Business, where if I'm sitting in Niagara Falls, your Google My Business will likely not appear in in Calgary um, if you're if you're doing a Calgary-based search. Having said that, if you have a local organic page that talks about how you can service the Calgary market, um, there are strategies and techniques to have that page actually appear on your on your website to anyone in Calgary. So the website's a little bit differently, uh, a different part of me right. where organic search can be very, very important. Um, the, the second piece on organic search and plays back into content is Google owns YouTube. Google loves video. Google loves when you uh, are engaged in video content. And from a consumer standpoint, it makes sense too. There's nothing better than sight, sound, and motion to convey your brand, your narrative, why someone should consider you as a, as a potential partner, whether that's a joint venture or whatever have you. Um, so using video content, exceptionally important. And then you can actually, as you know, leverage it in more than one way. So post it to YouTube, leverage again for your Facebook and Instagram feeds and so forth. Um, the last piece I'll touch on is, is content with respect to blogging. 
Um, blogging in some respects has, has been overdone, in some respects continues to be very valuable. So when you think about blogging, I would suggest that you look at uh, two things. One, uh, Google Keyword Planner, if you're not using Google Keyword Planner, it can become your best friend. This is where you can identify search terms and questions that people are asking and the search volume that corresponds with that. So try to uncover what people are looking for from an information standpoint and then creating blog content around that, that can be quite valuable. Okay. And, and you mentioned something uh, not to do, I think was the other, or you said there's two sides to the blog thing? Yeah, sorry, on, on the, the other part on, on blogging is, is just to be mindful that you're not creating something that uh, is, is necessarily already um, overdone, right? So right. Um, what I find works exceptionally well with blogs and what Google tends to reward uh, are lists. So if you can think of a top five, top 10, um, if that is, is resident on uh, a landing page, and it's structured in such a way where there's actually bulleted lists, Google um, looks for that. Google also looks for short synopsis or summaries, uh, executive summaries, if you will. So it's almost like if you don't have time to read the blog, here's the gist of the blog in a few paragraphs. And if you put that up at the top of the page and also um, like mid-section summaries on a page, that can be rewarded. Um, when I say some blog elements have been overdone, if you Google something that you're thinking about creating a blog for and you come across many other uh, blog authors that have, have done something similar, I would just caution uh, spending time, energy, and effort um, because there are already indexed pages, likely links coming to those pages, um, and it would be a shame to put the time, energy, and effort in there. So it's more about what, what unique content or what topic might you cover or topic could you cover in a slightly different way that perhaps isn't as... Um, as readily available and, and already published online. And video, is there any value in getting video transcribed? There, there is. So actually from, from a, an indexing standpoint within the video is important. Um, and also uh, when you come, when you think about uh, Facebook videos, your, your feed itself is, uh, is, is silent, right? So if you've got something where you've got, text actually on on screen from a video or pardon me from a facebook feed standpoint uh, is important but yeah transcription on video certainly helps when you're uploading video content on on youtube think about your youtube channel description that's a critical piece and the video description as well so you want to make sure that you've got um, a well-rounded description for both um, keywording becomes important, uh, not from a keyword stuffing standpoint, that's where you can get into trouble or just simply not be rewarded. You want it to be, to be genuine, but, but make sure those descriptions are, are well-rounded. Okay. Great tips. Uh, so Facebook, tell us a little bit about what should we be thinking about in Facebook? Yeah. So Facebook, you had brought about, uh, you know, the boosted posts versus the campaign. I'm more of the mind that it's the campaign that you'll have a better, uh, return on investment. Uh, boosted posts are, are great when you want to create some aware, uh, quick awareness or reach if you've got a piece of content, perhaps it's video, and it becomes a very timely uh, matter. That's where I find boosted posts um, do have some value. I would just be mindful that that shouldn't be the, the only Facebook strategy. 
what's really powerful about a, a Facebook campaign is is actually creating first off creating your your Facebook uh, business account. That's step one. Step two is then creating your Facebook ads account. Um, and the plumbing on Facebook isn't the the most user friendly. There's a lot of <laughs> helpful tools there, but it, it can be a little bit confusing. Um, but then running your campaigns out of the Facebook ad center will get you more uh, rich reporting and data on the back end. You can actually start to segment uh, campaigns and data coming back on all kinds of components from, you know, was it in Facebook, was it seen in Facebook feed, Instagram feed, Messenger, who saw it, what devices and so forth. And then you can start to get into some of those additional demographic datas. Um, you get some of that certainly on the the boosted posts, but you get even more so in the ad center. And is Facebook really a pay-to-play platform? I mean, we are, are we really not expecting to get very far if we're just throwing stuff out there but not paying to to play? No, I, I think Facebook can be uh, you. You can be very successful with organic content, just like any social uh, channel. Um, it really becomes more about the the value you give to the end um, the the end user of that content, where you want. 80 to 90% to be more about what what value or what free value is this content uh, giving uh, the individual and then you know 10 to 20% really uh, promotional or transactional where you're leading people which of course is the goal leading people to connect with with your brand um, but if you are active on on Facebook if you are smart with your content um, you can be successful I do find that when things are are timely uh, that it tends to to resonate well and has the opportunity to be uh, picked up and, and shared more readily. What I like to do there is is a little trick going into Google Trends. And you can see actually Google Trends, what's trending for the day. I'm sure there's other uh, great social trending tools as well where you can pick up on what's trending on, on any given day as it pertains to real estate. And then use that as a, a means to say, well, this topic is trending on this particular day, or even use Google Trends to see what is is um, relevant over the, the period of a, a week or, or a month. And then lean into those topics to make sure that when you're posting organic content, it aligns with the, the online activity that people are exhibiting. Um, that is one of the, the better ways to, to leverage it. And, and oftentimes um, we're in our own minds too often where we're <laughs> about what, uh, what might be the, the best content, but I, I like to crowdsource um, and the, the best way to do that crowdsourcing of information um, is to be honest, is Google trends. You can get an understanding of what people are looking for. That's a, that's a great tip. Cause I think a lot of people struggle with content or they just sit there and go, what, what am I going to write about this week? Or what am I going to put out there? Yeah. And the then it just becomes too, too promotional. Yeah. And the other thing that you could uh, potentially look at if you're looking at uh, content ideas is uh, just conducting Google searches. So if you're familiar and you, you probably have seen it and you might not necessarily be thinking about it, um, but say we we start with a, a keyword search such as real estate in investing or, or joint venture real estate investing, whatever the, the term or the topic might be. Uh, a couple things you'll you'll see. First and foremost, you'll see who's active on ads you'll see in your local markets who's got a Google My Business presence and if you should be there and, and why you're not there to, to evaluate that, websites that appear. Then you'll come across two interesting sections more often than not. The first one is uh, people also ask. 
So it's a way that Google is basically saying, based on your keyword query, people are also asking these common questions. And oftentimes these, uh, when you click on them, it has an accordion style, you click on it, it has a drop down menu, it'll give you a little synopsis of what the, the page is all about. And then of course you can click from there to, to the website, but it's, it's a specific section, you can't miss it. It's called people also ask. It gives you an indication of the most commonly um, asked questions at any moment in time. So you could use this for blog content as well, but you can see what's actually trending and important um, from, a, from a crowdsourcing standpoint. That's number one. Number two is when you enter your keyword query and then you scroll to the bottom of, of the search engine results page, you'll see uh, a number of uh, keywords down at the bottom. And what that is also an indication of is what is trending and what people are searching for at that moment in time more often than than not. So you have your starting point on the idea that you might have, then look at your people also ask section, and then go to the bottom and look at the related uh, search topics that Google is serving up. It's another great way to do uh, keyword research and topic research. Wonderful. It's great, great insights. So what sort of things should people be avoiding? When it comes yeah. to this. Uh, when, uh, so one of the things I would suggest is um, if you're thinking about uh, any kind of display advertising, so Google display advertising as an example, um, think about um, really being tight on your exclusion. So just as you can include or exclude geographic locations on Facebook when you're, when you're targeting paid advertising or on Google, um, display is a great way to get your, your presence out there, but there are a couple key toggles and switches in your display account where um, you need to make sure they're off. One is uh, there's a, an option there where it is listed below the fold. So you may come across as you have a great um, an impression on your ad, but nobody's actually really seen it because it, it technically is below the fold and more often than not, people don't, don't go down there. Um, the other thing I would I would also suggest when it comes to your website, um, less is less is more. And what I mean by that is is keep it really simple. So I know there's the the tendency to want to show a lot of content, to communicate a lot of value that you can bring. Think about um, I always like to talk about the the five second test. And in five seconds, if somebody comes to your website or your landing page, they need to make sure that um, they understand what you do. They are compelled to take an action. That action could be download a, a white paper, an ebook. The action could be place a phone call or a form fill. And then they, they need to know where to do that and be able to do it in a very frictionless manner. And ideally, you want to have that all accomplished in what I had just uh, referred to as above the fold. So right. before somebody scrolls down or swipes down on a web page, in a five second span, what do you do? Are they compelled and will they take action? And so to answer your question, what should you avoid? Avoid anything that prevents that from happening. And, and oftentimes I see with good intentions, a lot of great content, but it makes for a cluttered uh, page experience, a website experience. Right, great, great suggestions. So uh, let's flip topic for a second. Uh, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions um, that I ask most most guests. Um, what's your favorite brand and why? 
Great question. Yeah, my favorite brand is uh, uh, right now it's Domino's Pizza has been for <laughs> for a couple of years. One, it's pizza. Everyone loves pizza, or at least I think most people do. Um, but the reason I like uh, Domino's so much is is just in their innovation. They're relentless in innovation, and it's created a whirlwind of PR. And it's it's become from a marketer standpoint. Uh, you know, it's like the new Super Bowl ads where you would always wait every year to watch the Super Bowl ads. I personally am always waiting to see what Domino's is, is up to next. Mm-hmm. So um, there's currently 15 different ways you can order a Domino's pizza. What? Which is exceptional. I have I have a few of them listed so you, you can do it via voice search, Google Home. Um, and just on that topic, Google Home and voice-based search, really important for anyone in, in the real estate investment uh, side because we're communicating with these voice-based systems. And that's where Google My Business and Local actually has an important part to play in that voice-based ecosystem. So again, Google My Business being important. But going back to Domino, so uh, you can order it via Google Home, uh, Facebook Messenger, obviously through your desktop, text, tweet. They have a a zero-click ordering app, Alexa, a smart television. Uh, They have a Ford uh, Ford Sync, which is a, an in-dash app for Ford vehicles. You've got voice with Siri, as I mentioned, your mobile and iPad. And the, the two new ones, or re- one is maybe a year or two old now, uh, they were testing it out in the UK, um, a drone uh, pizza drone delivery, which I think was more PR strength than everything, but right. a successful, successful delivery. And one that just came out uh, three days ago, which I think has merits. Um, and again, of course, a little bit of a PR stunt, but um, uh, hands-free autonomous vehicles delivering pizza now. Wow. Oh, I, I heard that uh, in Miami, uh, somewhere in Miami, I think. I, I, I didn't catch it, to be honest, but I just caught it on CNN. So that right. was days ago. I was like, oh, there's Domino's at it again. So I wow. think the, the takeaway for me and what I've really enjoyed following Domino's and what I suggest people think about is is the the innovation so there's no shortage of competitors out there um, real estate is, is very um, a very busy space how are you separating yourself how are you creating innovation for yourself and dominoes you know think of think of pizza you know you can get pizza anywhere and and they have become successful for many different reasons but it's their relentless pursuit of innovation um, mm-hmm. that is that is really bringing them to the top You've totally changed my opinion now of Domino's. So. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sold. Um, recommended business book or podcast? Yeah, uh, business book is uh, the power of habit, and it's one that I'm a I'm a student of now. I, I you know certainly I think you're a student for life in whatever you do. Uh, so I certainly haven't perfected it, but the power of habit, uh, why we do what we do in life and business. So uh, my personal pursuits are in, in business growth, of course. Uh, but also in, in family balance, um, my personal ambitions are to create those those habits that will lead to a fulfilling life. And for me, that means you know a reasonable business. Um, but but more importantly, because I'm not aiming uh, to to grow a, a massive business, more important is is my family and and my health. Um, I've had a personal health scare in the past about six years ago, so I am trying to really. Um, make time for that it's it's critically important it's one of those things where when you don't have it um you you recognize what you did have when you did so it's creating these these habits but from a from a business perspective i think it's really important what can you do each and every day that uh the habit that's right for you 
and, and it's very similar to uh, a nutrition plan. Uh, everyone has all these different diets and, and plans. Um, and I'm certainly not an expert in that area, but for, for me, it's just like uh, the nutrition plan that works is the one you can stick with. So when it comes to, to habit forming, um, it may take you a while to find those. Uh, and this book really talks about you know, the habits of successful individuals and, and how you could potentially apply it, uh, habit uh, development for successful businesses and, and obviously habits that, that don't work well as well and how you can kind of break free from, from some of those. So I think that one for, for me is a really interesting read and uh, something I'd recommend at least taking a, a peek at. A uh, current tool or resource that you're enjoying using? Yeah, I've got four. Very briefly, I've touched based on two of them. So Google Trends, um, I'm in there probably on a daily basis. And what's nice about that tool, it's super easy to use. Um, I'm in there. I'm in and out of that tool, uh, like I said, on most days, but I'm only in there for one or two minutes. I get my insight, I get my nugget of information, and then I can directly apply it into action. So and it's free, right? So Google Trends, I can't say enough about it. Uh, Google Keyword Planner, also a free tool. Uh, I've actually uh, spun off different brands as a result of, as a direct result of using Keyword Planner to understand search volume in specific markets um, based on keywords. So if I have an expertise in an area and to actually say, well, is there a market for this? Yes or no? If there is a market, where is this market located? So if I use Canada as as the space, you know, is my market in Ontario or is it out in BC? Um, and I've I've applied that both in in my organic uh, content as well as paid media uh, exercises. So keyword planner exceptionally valuable, uh, a lot of great insights, and I think it's underutilized by uh, by both marketers and just uh, business people in general. Um, it's it's a gem. Moz Local is great. Uh, again, there's a free tool, uh, MOZ Moz. It's, a, it's obviously a, a freemium model, but there's a, a free version in there as well. A lot of great insights. Um, the purpose of, of this tool to help you with your local market uh, marketing, that's a good one. And then if you're looking for inspiration, uh, you can go down a deep uh, rabbit hole with uh, Think with Google. So if you just Google the words, think with Google, all kinds of great case studies, uh, inspiration, there's podcasts in there. Uh, you can, uh, you know, research to your heart's content. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a resource more than a tool and it's a great one. Great. Wonderful. And last, last question, favorite quote. Uh, I've got three, if you can indulge me. So two yeah, are with, uh, always. Two are with Albert Einstein. Um, just it's, uh, you know, I like to, See, I view him as a, a as a leader, of course, as many do. Um, but I, one of the things that I'm working on in my own life and my business, uh, the notion of he had said, if you can't explain it to a six year old, uh, then you truly don't understand it yourself. And I think mm -hmm. the the learning there for me is we're surrounded by all this complexity. Um, digital and marketing certainly is is no exception to that. And I feel that. You know, from a marketing technology landscape, um, Martech, Chief Martech had said there's over 8,000 different marketing technology tools, resources uh, available. Um, and, and this is all I do. And I, I don't think I could name more than 100, which is, which is kind of scary. So there's this vast universe of complexity. And I think the, in real estate, it's no different where it can be very daunting and complex for people that aren't 
used to uh, engaging in, in investments um, or haven't, or it could be their first investment or they're not sure of where their growth may come from. So if you can explain it to that individual um, in a way that uh, is simplified, but is backed by the, by the complexity and experience, um, I think that's really important. And it's no different uh, in, in my business. So that's an, an important one. Another one that uh, I, I like uh, that he had said is life is like riding a, a bicycle and to, to keep balance, you have to keep moving. And I think that's one of those things where, um, you know, there's so many things coming at us all the time and sometimes it can be overwhelming. And I know I've had my moments, um, but somehow, and I think Dory kind of said it in that uh, animated movie, just keep swimming. So <laughs> somehow you have to, you have to make it work, just keep swimming. Um, and the last one that I really um, tend to look at when I look at my own business is leaders leaving clues. Um, so I look at, again, it's as simple as reverse engineering, um, who is on the first page of Google, who is dominating Facebook, who are the business leaders that we know are in our spaces, and really um, evaluating, auditing, and ana analyzing what they're doing. Um, leaders do leave clues whether by, by uh, purpose, it's these little breadcrumbs, follow the breadcrumbs and then you'll find some of those insights and then uh, sooner than, than not, you'll find yourself in that leadership position as well. I love that piece. That is a great piece of advice. Thank you. Um, so any final words, any final tips, tricks or? Yeah, no, I, I guess one last thing I've, I've really gotten into to two things, little tips and tricks and, and you know, it might be one people might not be as well aware of uh, something called heat maps. It's something I, I'm, I'm using with, with clients now. You can explore it yourself. You don't need me or, or, or um, a digital expert, so to speak, to, to help you with it. There's all kinds of um, tools out there. But uh, if you Google click heat maps uh, would be something really great to, to learn about. Um, what it really does is you, it's another layer on a website. So you've got your Google Analytics but what a click heat map does, it allows you to actually understand what people are clicking on. So we had talked a little bit earlier about being able to track uh, phone calls or form fills or downloads. Um, but this is a very visual way to understand what people are doing on your website. So it's another clue in terms of user behavior and, and trying to convert those. So I would encourage everyone to Google click heat maps and explore that, um, that area for, for your own business. Uh, the other one is uh, social proof. And what I mean by social proof is reviews and feedback and customer feedback. And there's two components to it. One is there are tools out there that can help with, with actually putting in a system and in an operational kind of approach on collecting feedback. And then two, um, if you think about it from a consumer confidence standpoint, people are looking for testimonials. People are looking for feedback people are looking for those reviews and those star ratings. Um, and I know that over the last few years, certainly there's been a lot of news out there about, you know, can we trust these reviews and so forth? And there's a lot of, um, you know, I guess I'll call it spam reviews out there, but, you know, consumers are savvy enough to kind of cut through the clutter as well. So I, I do encourage that um, because it, it does have an impact both on, on SEO, but even if we park SEO for a moment, uh, if you think about it just as a consumer yourself and whatever you're you're pursuing, you you do look for that that social proof that someone else has has been here, has purchased it, has communicated with this individual, uh, and you want to hear about their experience. So those are two things that um, I find are often overlooked, 
um, but are, are really important. Wonderful. Great. Well, thank you, Mike. I'm totally full of gems. I mean, nuggets and gems. It's just great. Thank you. Um, well, thank you so how, can pe- how can people best get hold of you and um, learn more and, and about your services and your business? Yeah, um, so uh, cleardigital.ca is is the website. Uh, there's email there. Um, probably the best way to get a hold of me is via email, and it's uh, gocleardigital at gmail.com. Okay, wonderful. Well, thank you, Michael. Uh, have yourself a fantastic day. Thank you so much. Thanks. Take care. And if you're wondering where your real estate investing brand currently stands, and some steps to make it more brandtastic, you can download our free REI brand checklist at reibranded.com forward slash checklist. That's reibranded.com forward slash checklist. Thank you for listening and have a brandtastic day. <laughs>